Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to In All Honesty, the podcast where you get the honest answers you didn't know you needed. I'm Michelle Elman. I'm a five-board accredited life coach, and I use my experience from this to answer all the questions that have been on your mind lately. This week, we are talking about anger. But before I get into this, this is actually the first episode I am filming since I announced the podcast officially and I just want to thank you all for all the love you've been sending my way all the people voice noting me in my inbox my inbox is full of questions and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the love and support you've given this podcast it's absolutely made my day and I'm so glad it's helping so many of you already but let's get into it so today anger anger gets a really bad reputation and it makes me so sad because it's actually such an important emotion all your emotions are important but anger specifically shows you when your boundaries are being crossed and it gives you the energy and power to assert yourself and stand up for yourself in order to assert those boundaries. What am I talking about? Have you ever noticed that when you've been thoroughly shattered or exhausted and then you suddenly get angry about something, you have all the energy in the world? That's because anger is the only negative emotion, and I'm saying negative in inverted commas, that creates energy. I'm going to say that again. It's the only negative emotion that creates energy. There are five main negative emotions. Anger, sadness, fear, guilt, and shame. Some people argue on this because guilt and shame are actually derivatives of each other. But within the coaching world, it's largely accepted that there are five. And out of those fives, anger is the only one that creates energy. So it's hugely useful if you're able to channel it in the right way. And in this podcast, I'm hopefully going to be giving you tips and tools in order for you to be able to do so. Here's an example from my own life. I remember one Sunday I was so exhausted, didn't want to get out of bed, and then thought maybe going to the gym might help give me some energy. So I was walking to the gym to see my gym had covered their entrance with this body shaming nonsense. Hanging over the gym was a sign that read, the best way to get a six pack is to stop eating so much junk and a free pass to enter the name of the gym. Now this might not anger you, but it really angered me. If you follow me on Instagram, that will be no shock to you, but a huge part of my career is combating this kind of messaging. I don't believe the gym should be used to compensate for food and in fact I think what you eat has nothing to do with how much or whether you work out. But also the whole tone of that massive sign was rooted in exercise being a punishment and shame which is just not what I'm about and I was also angry that a gym was promoting that. 
Way to make a plus size woman feel unwelcome instantly as if they don't feel unwelcome already in a gym. So when I walked into the gym, I was filled with this anger, channeled it into my workout, but then I was still angry. So I went home, wrote a blog post, a column and an Instagram caption and a YouTube video. This is coming from the woman who, when she woke up, was exhausted. Before any of that had happened, remember how I said I had no energy? Well, because of something that angered me, I was able to channel that anger into creativity. So that's why I say anger is not inherently negative or bad. These so-called negative emotions are not negative, but sometimes how we handle those emotions are not positive. How we express the emotions could be negative, but the emotion itself is not negative. Anger gets a bad reputation because of how some people express themselves when they're angry, but that means the reaction to anger is the problem, not the anger itself. As a general rule, when you're expressing anger, it should never be aimed at an individual. So go yell in your car, or scream along to angry music, punch a pillow, throw paint at a canvas, put your boxing gloves on, go to a squash class, Some people even find throwing ice at the wall really helpful. My favourite is punching a pillow. Get that energy out of your body. Process that anger before you have that conversation with the person you need to have a conversation with. But never aim the anger at a person. Anger is a healthy emotion and if processed correctly, like all negative emotions, it is designed to be temporary. When we don't process it and we don't let it out of our body, that is when anger accumulates and that's what's called rage. Rage is what takes the blame for a lot of anger's bad reputation. If you've ever seen someone in rage mode, there's no stopping them. They won't make a lot of sense and that's because all the anger has accumulated. Imagine every time someone gets angry, your bucket is filled a little bit more and a little bit more. But if you don't tip out that bucket or you don't release some of it, the bucket's going to overflow. When it overflows, that's rage. And this is why it's important to process your emotions as they come along. The whole way we look at anger is wrong though as a society. We talk a lot about how anger should be management. You hear anger management lessons or anger management meetings but it doesn't need to be managed. It needs to be processed. Can you imagine if we talked about sadness management? It doesn't make any sense. A reminder that both sadness and anger are designed to be temporary but because the responses to anger can be scary we push it down, hide it and from a young age especially women are taught they are not allowed their anger it's not ladylike that's one thing I heard growing up instead of being taught that I was allowed my anger I was told to squash it down instead if someone had told me that I could have my anger but I was not allowed to raise my voice at another person that would have been the correct response and way to process anger in general as a result we have a lot of people walking around in society with all this push down anger and you'll notice it seep out in what are socially acceptable kind of ways of expressing anger. An example is road range, or even something as silly as stubbing your toe. If we were taught to handle these emotions, we first of all wouldn't be scared of it when it arises, but we wouldn't wrap shame around it. Have you ever stubbed your toe and been so angry about it? That's because your anger is finding a way to get out of your system and it's going to use whatever event and opportunity that is provided from the external world in order to access that. But it's not really about your toe. It's not really about that bad driver in front of you. It's about the anger that's coming from past life events that you need to sit down and heal. If we were taught to handle these emotions, we first of all wouldn't be scared of them when they arise, but also we wouldn't wrap shame around them and we would feel them instead so let's get into the first question and teach you how to do this exactly 
Hi, Michelle. This is Saul. Thank you so much for your podcast and congratulations. I can't wait to hear all the recordings. Um, I wanted to touch base on the anger topic with you and perhaps ask you for some tips or any advice you may have on how to deal with uh, unexpected reactions, angry reactions from others towards you in what I would say would could be a functional way or in a not very damaging way for oneself and um, yeah I feel I've been working on managing my anger issues since I was very very little and now in my adult life I find myself in a position sometimes where I need to deal with uh, other people's anger towards me in uh, several situations so I just wanted some some tools emotional tools to do that in a successful way Thank you so much. Lots of love. Thank you so much for your question. I think the important part here is to emphasize the difference between a person who's angry and a person who is being aggressive. If someone is being angry around you, you can hear it in their tone of voice, but they're not raising their voice. They're not speaking in an aggressive way. What becomes hard is when you're in the presence of someone whose anger has become aggressive. And that's not necessarily hitting or punching someone. That can literally just be raising your voice, pointing or even an aggressive tone of voice when it comes to an aggressive person or to be honest this actually works even if they aren't being aggressive and they're simply being angry is to take a step back i know we use this phrase colloquially and as a metaphor in our society but i mean literally and physically take a step back What most people do when they're angry is they close the gap of distance between you and them. They get in your face, which means their words are perceived more intensely. Taking a step back, whether that's because they've stepped forward or not, is the first thing I always do to make sure I don't get sucked in their energy. You can also actually use this for anyone who has negative vibes or bad energy. Just take a step back. You don't need to be so close to each other, especially in COVID times. If someone is being aggressive, though, I don't allow that. They are allowed to have their emotions, but they are not allowed to use that as an excuse to use that emotion to hurt others. They are not allowed to treat me in a certain way simply because they are angry. You are still allowed to dictate how you want to be treated, no matter what they are feeling. I will use sentences like, please lower your voice. And if they continue to speak to me at that volume, then I'll say, if you continue to raise your voice at me, then I'll be walking out of the room. If they continue to do so still, then I say, I'm going to leave this conversation. Come find me when you're ready to have a conversation at a normal volume. All of the above is a them problem. It's not about you. It's about their inability to express anger. However, if they are simply angry and that makes you uncomfortable, then that's your problem. That's your discomfort with the emotion around anger. With a lot of people, any form of anger makes them uncomfortable or even scared because of what they were taught around anger and what anger meant as a child. If, for example, a grown-up in your life when you were a child used to get aggressive when angry, it is easy for you as a child to associate anger with getting scared now and once you learn that as a child you bring that into adulthood a few ways to figure out is to fill out these prompts and go with the first thing that comes into your mind when someone gets angry i feel when someone gets angry it means when someone gets angry i worry that Let's say, for example, that one of your answers was that when someone is angry, it means that you did something wrong. Go back to the time in your childhood when someone was angry and you thought you did something wrong. 
Now as an adult, can you assess whether you actually did something wrong? Was the reaction larger than was required? As an adult, how would you have handled it? As an adult, what would you want your inner child to know in that moment? The likelihood is if you experience fear every time someone is angry, your inner child is scared and going back to those moments where you learned your reactions around anger will be pivotal in shifting your ability to hold space for someone else's anger. This could literally be telling your inner child, I'm so sorry they're yelling at you. You do not deserve this. I understand you made a mistake, but you do not deserve to be treated this way. I'm so sorry that you are around this kind of behavior as you are growing up. Be kind, be loving, be gentle, be nurturing. In your message, you also said in an unexpected way. If someone is angry and you don't understand it, you're allowed to say, I understand that you're angry and I want to really help you with that. But could you just explain to me a bit more about and then say whatever's confusing you or you need to unpick a little bit. One of the main things about anger is to meet someone where they are. The worst thing when you're angry is someone telling you to calm down. And if you've ever experienced someone on customer services speaking in a really calm tone, it can be infuriating and it really does not help. So what you can say instead is, I understand that you're angry and you can say it in that tone of voice where you're meeting them at that level. It will help the person feel heard and that you're listening. I hope that helps and thank you so much for your question. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This week in Dissecting Dysfunctional Conversations, we are talking about Grey's Anatomy. 
For anyone who follows me on Instagram, you will know how much I love Grey's Anatomy. So I couldn't hold out any longer and I just had to include a scene from Grey's Anatomy. And this one felt fitting because it really comes into the topic of anger. So for those of you who don't watch it, there are two main characters, Meredith and Derek, who very typically have fallen in love. They are the two main love interests. And when Meredith finds out that Derek is married or actually separated from his wife and that his wife comes back into town, they decide to give the marriage a try. And so Meredith is now single, his ex-girlfriend, um, and she's trying to move on. And when he finds out that she slept with two guys, he makes a passing comment of, you really get around. She responds with, what did you just say to me? He says, it's unforgivable. And then she says, I don't remember asking you to ever forgive me. He continues with, so is this a phase? Who's next? Alex, I heard he likes to sleep around. You two have that in common. And then cue the best speech ever. She grabs his arm and goes, you do not get to call me a whore. When I met you, I thought I had met the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. So all the boys and all the bars and all the obvious daddy issues, who cared? Because I was done. You left me. You chose Addison. I am all glued back together now and I make no apologies for how I chose to repair what you broke. You do not get to call me a whore. I love that speech so much. It's such a good scene. Go watch Grey's Anatomy. Anyway, on to actually dissecting this conversation. This is a classic breakup situation. One party is hurt because the other one is moving on, even though that party is the one who ended it, even though they have moved on as well. We've all been that person who's stalking someone's new partner and seeing it as an indication of how much you meant to them. And also, to be honest, comparing your looks, comparing your abilities, seeing who won out of this situation and depending on how quickly they move on how important you were to each other what is happening here is that Derek is hurt but instead of expressing this hurt his anger or his ego jumps in to protect him the anger leaps forward and decides to chuck a few hurtful comments in Meredith's direction so that she can hurt as much as he is hurting and I think she handles it perfectly. She doesn't justify her behaviour. She doesn't explain why she slept with who she slept with. And she sets a boundary by essentially saying, you are not allowed to talk to me this way. You are not allowed to call me a whore. On his side, the most telling way this conversation is coming from ego is that instead of apologising, he goes, this thing between us is done. As if it wasn't already done. He's trying to win the conversation. He's trying to win the breakup. He's trying to win the argument. As if it's not already been ended for months. But when you lead into a conversation with ego and on Meredith's side of this, it can be really hurtful to be on the receiving end of because when you're talking to someone's ego, it's like their protection mechanism. So they'll be really cold to you. You're talking to someone's surface. And this used to be someone you used to love. This was someone who used to be really vulnerable with, which is why they often go for the most hurtful thing they can say from their knowledge of what you've told them when they're vulnerable. In this instant, he went for her sleeping around because he knows that's a soft spot to poke at. Instead of sitting with how he was feeling, he projectile vomited them in the most hurtful way possible. This is the kind of sitting with his emotions that shouldn't have even involved Meredith. A lot of the time you'll hear me saying this is your stuff and this is someone else's stuff. 
This is 100% of Derek's stuff. This entire conversation is coming from his ego. He's hurt, he's rejected, abandoned, and it doesn't matter that he's the one who ended the relationship. Of course his feelings matter, but this is a perfect example of how not to express your feelings. The feelings are not the problem. How he acted on those feelings were a problem. And by saying such hurtful things, it means it now creates feelings in Meredith. Probably anger, probably sadness. That she's now going to have to sit and process because those words had been said and can't be taken back even if he apologizes in the future. But to be honest, because he has this inability to sit with his emotions, if he hadn't expressed it at Meredith, what would have probably happened is he would have yelled at the next intern who walked around the corner because it's sign that he doesn't have the capacity to be alone with his feelings. He doesn't apologize, doesn't think what he said is wrong, and that's very telling and not someone I would ever get back into a relationship with now let's not mention that they obviously get back together because they're the two main love interests of the show and this goes on for seasons but if someone has the capacity to hurt you in the middle of an argument i strongly believe they are saying words that they were already thinking that they are using the opportunity the anger as an excuse to say things that they wanted to say anyway and that's why for me that would be the end of it if someone did anything like that When it comes to breakups, I believe if you're the person who ends it, like Derek was, you're not the person who is allowed to reach out. You created the hurt and therefore you need to let the other person heal. To do anything other than this is to relieve your own guilt at the hurt you caused. And this is another factor at play here. Unconsciously somewhere, he knows he caused hurt. He begrudgingly made his decision, but realistically, he wanted to choose Meredith. But because she moved on, he's annoyed that he doesn't have that option anymore. Before she moved on, he might have chosen his wife, but he still had both women as options. Well, tough luck. You made your choice. And now, as Meredith so perfectly put, I make no apologies for how I chose to mend what you broke. God, excuse me, I'm just going to go back to season one and binge the entire TV show. Okay, I'm joking. (laughs) Let's go on to the next question. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to ask a question about anger. What I was wondering is how to process anger towards a person. I have a lot of people in my past that have been very manipulative and, and mean to me. And I have a lot of feelings around that still that come up but I feel bad for being angry at them. Um, I don't tell them about my anger, but I just struggle with dealing with it myself because I feel guilty or like it may not be fair to them if I feel this anger. So it turns into self-blame and self-criticism. And I don't really know how to like fully embrace that I am angry with them and that I was hurt and that it's okay to be angry. So if you have any tactics on that, I would really like to know. Thank you very much. I love this question because it's so common and so normal and a lot of people don't know how to handle this. When you don't allow yourself to feel angry at another person, what happens is you turn that anger inwards. You said yourself, you phrased it as self-blame, but it's turning your anger inwards. Not only do we not want that, but it isn't productive because you can't actually process anger at yourself if that's not what you're angry about. You said you feel guilty about being angry. This is called compounding emotions and it means you can't feel either. It's like stacking one emotion on top of another emotion. It's like when someone is scared of their fear or guilty about their shame. This happens because it's usually a taught response to a certain emotion, in this case, anger. Were there times in your life, particularly when you were younger, when you were taught to feel bad when you were angry? 
This is all that's happening. It's almost like an automatic response. But now that you're an adult, it's your responsibility to unlearn that. You need to tell yourself, tell your inner child, you are allowed to feel angry. No ifs, no buts, no conditions on that. You are allowed your anger. You are allowed to feel angry even if it makes no sense. You do not have to understand your emotions in order to be able to process them. An example of this is a lot of people get angry at loved ones when they die and they will say, I can't be angry at a dead person. It doesn't make sense. And I say, but you are. It's the ego that wants to make sense or understand an emotion, but you don't actually have to understand it in order to feel it. Trying to understand or rationalise our emotions never works. It doesn't matter why you feel that way. It matters that you do feel that way. And the reason why you feel like you're not allowed your anger is because a lot of children are taught that, especially young girls, but also all children. Once we separate the fact that feeling angry doesn't mean you have to express it at that individual, we allow ourselves that anger. When you feel a surge of anger, a very beginning step is to simply state out loud, I am angry. You don't need to say this to a person, just say it to yourself. Say it as many times as you need. What this does is it acknowledges what you're feeling. It means you recognise it, you see it, it's real and it's valid. Then I want you to find where in your body that anger sits. Is it in your stomach? Is it in your throat? A lot of people experiencing anger in their throat is because they're holding in something that they want to say that isn't being said. That doesn't mean you have to speak to the person about it, but it does mean you just need to speak it out loud. So find a room to yourself, go to your car alone, visualise the person in front of you and say everything that you want to say to them. If the feeling is in your stomach or in your heart or any other part of your body, breathe into where that tension lies. That sensation will get more uncomfortable. Stick with it. This is you feeling your anger. Let the heat rise, the pressure rise, the tension rise. However you feel it is the right way to feel it. Everyone's sensations will be slightly different. Let any thoughts that start to exist in your brain exist. Don't fight it, don't correct it. Just come back to the feeling in your body until the feeling starts to get better. If you're still feeling it in your body, you might need to do something physical. So use one of the examples I mentioned earlier. Punch a pillow, throw ice at a wall, put some boxing gloves on, scream in your car with the windows up. Or write an angry letter that you can rip up, but do not send it. It's important with that one, though, that you handwrite it because it holds a different energy when you write and you type something. Handwrite it, do not send it, and then rip it up. These are all ways to get rid of anger in your body. I do need to bring up another thing, though, because I heard it in your voice. This isn't just anger. Even in your voice, I could tell it's not just anger. Since anger is the loudest and biggest emotion, it is often used by your ego as a protection device. I've said this a few times now, but in this case, anger is hiding other emotions. As much as anger is hard to feel, a lot of people will still find that anger is easier than the other emotions, like sadness, for example. So anger is used as this surface emotion to hide other emotions. But once you've processed anger, it's very normal for then sadness to arise. And for that, do the same thing. Sit with the feeling in your body and also you might need to cry. Let it hurt. I can hear the hurt in your voice and you need to acknowledge that part of it. You need to acknowledge any emotion sitting underneath. And it is perfectly acceptable and your choice to never vocalise this to the people who cause the hurt, whatever the reason, either because they're not in your life anymore or because you know they wouldn't take accountability. But you need to get it out of your own body. If you can have a conversation with those people, go ahead and have that conversation once you've 
process your anger, but make sure you sit with it first. Once an event has happened, you are right, these emotions, this anger is now your stuff. It's your job to heal because the only person it is hurting is you. The fact you can feel all these emotions without the other person being present is why I say they don't need to be present to heal them as well. I promise as soon as you let yourself feel all of this, it will go away because emotions are designed to be temporary. Make some time for yourself because you deserve that peace. I'm sending you so much love and thank you so much for your question. This week in three quick tips, there are three quick tips on anger. Number one, start giving yourself permission to be angry. Not giving yourself permission to be angry is a very common problem. And as we heard in the last question, and the thing that shifted this massively for me was the book Dance of Anger by Harriet Lerner. I highly recommend it for anyone who doesn't allow themselves their anger. We have to remember that all humans have this five so-called negative emotions and healthy humans allow themselves to feel all five so my quick tip is to simply vocalize out loud i give myself permission to be angry right now and if that feels too much then say i give myself to be angry for the next 10 minutes give yourself the permission slip you are looking for number two release some of the anger that's already in your body if you're not used to allowing yourself anger that means you'll have residual anger sitting in your body somewhere remember the metaphor of the bucket full of water yours is probably quite full if you've never released it before if you've never consciously emptied it so in order for you to empty your bucket it can't be while you're road raging or when you're yelling because you stub your toe it has to be consciously around the event that caused anger so go back in time to the time in your life when you were angry use an event that still frequently pops into your mind a lot it does that because it's never been resolved Go back to that time, say what you would have said. If you were young or a child, then speak on behalf of your inner child as an adult. Come into that situation as the adult you are now. Then find the location in your body, put your hand on the location of that anger and stroke it with soothing motions. That's called caring self-touch. Do it as if you're soothing a child. Put all your focus and attention on it and stick with it, even if it gets worse until that feeling starts to loosen. If you are having difficulty doing this, another thing I really recommend is an anger releasing meditation by Louise Hay. I have it on Audible as an audiobook and it's literally called Anger Releasing. And within that meditation, she'll help you have conversations with each person in your life that you still hold anger towards. It's quite a spiritual meditation because I'm quite a spiritual person, so it might not be your bag, but it's personally one of the best ones I've found for when anger is feeling stuck in your body. Tip number three, set some boundaries. Anger is a sign your boundaries have been crossed, so set some boundaries. If you take action on your boundaries being crossed by reinforcing your boundary, you will notice that anger subsides because you have done something about it. You have taken action on it. Let's say a partner has gone through your possessions without your permission and now you are angry. Set the boundary by simply telling your partner to not do that again. How I would personally phrase it, and every person would phrase it slightly differently, is please do not go through my drawer again. If you need something, ask me. But when you move my things around, it inconveniences me and I find it disrespectful. Don't go through my belongings and I promise to not go through yours. Once you've had that conversation, because you fulfill the purpose of that emotion, you will notice that the anger will release, especially when you vocalize it in the moment that it arises. But even if you do it at a later date, it still works too. If you feel too angry in the moment, then calm down and then have the conversation. On to the next question. Hi Michelle, my name's Jess um, and I'm inquiring about um, anger 
more specifically how to deal with other people's anger. Um, over the past year, my younger sister, who's just turned 21, um, has been getting more and more aggressive and it seems to stem from frustration and when she gets frustrated, she gets angry and this anger turns into outbursts of screaming and shouting and slamming doors. Um, but everyone in the family seems to be too frightened to talk to her about it and I'm getting concerned that it's getting to a point where she can't cope with it. Um, I'm just wondering how you would go about broaching that with somebody. Um, thanks very much and good luck with the podcast. Hi Jess, that's such a tough situation and what I'm about to say might not be what you want to hear but this is not your responsibility. Whilst I understand the rest of the family might be scared, this is not your job. It's your parents or guardians or whoever is seen as the grown-ups in your family dynamic. As much as you want to help your sister, you can't help her unless she wants to be helped. Right now, it seems like you're in the parent role because the adults around you, to be honest, aren't doing their job. But you need to step out of this role. It is not your role to hold. If the anger is not at you or about you or the situation is not about you at all, the best thing you can do is to not get involved because this complicates the dynamic. It triangulates it. Now, this is going to be hard, but it's really crucial to change this dynamic. The reason why it's important to change this dynamic is let's say the fight started between your sister and your mum and then you get involved with very good intentions trying to calm the situation down and perhaps even helping her to express her frustration calmly. Whether you mean it or not, it's now a two versus one situation. And by stepping in and being another parent figure and saying what in this situation your mum should be saying, it's taking away the responsibility for your mum to do her job. This is going to be difficult. I'm saying that a number of times because it's important you recognise that a lot of this is painful, but both options are painful because it's a tough situation. The part that is most important to me and is the part I want to emphasize the most is that you need to protect yourself in this situation. Not only is this anger, but it's aggression. And so if a situation arises when it's about you, the fight erupts around a situation that you are involved in directly, you are allowed to set boundaries that the rest of your family are unwilling to make. State to your sister that you will not stand there while she yells and when she is ready to come find you, you can talk calmly about it. If she storms off and slams her door, let her do that. Give her the time and space and then text her something like, I'm here to talk whenever you are ready. But you can set boundaries that your parents or your adults or guardians are not setting right now. In fact, you need to be setting boundaries that they aren't setting right now. I understand the concern as a sister though and the way to bring this up is to do it when there is no current argument going on or any recent arguments to be honest. Plan something fun together like going to the movies or even something like a boxing class together where she actually has the opportunity to release some of this frustration and anger and calmly enter into the conversation with what I call a curiosity mindset. Enter into it gently and how I would phrase it is, you know when you get angry, is it because you get frustrated? Go into it just wanting to understand her. I would ask questions like, does it make you feel unheard? What can I do to help you in that situation? 
Not everyone will be open to this conversation and your sister might not be. So you need to go into this conversation with zero expectations because otherwise you'll end up disappointed. If she is not ready to talk, then she might instantly get defensive and perceive it as an attack. But if it was my sister, I would at least try it once. If she's not ready, she's not ready. But at least then on my side, I know I will have done all I can. The reason why I would try this at least once and the reason why sometimes it can work is because with this type of anger, it's often hiding a lot of hurt and sadness. And if this conversation happens while she's relaxed, you might be able to have a conversation about it. When people raise their voice, a lot of the time it's because they feel no one is listening or that they aren't being heard. Or if it's a situation that has repeated itself, that nothing was done the last time. We label that as frustration as a society, but that's also hurt and sadness because the meaning that people can deduce from those situations is no one cares about me or I'm unimportant. Every person is different and I can't predict and you can't predict what your sister's response is going to be. But the very least, you need to be separating and distancing yourself from this entwined family pattern. You can take responsibility for you, your emotions and your reactions, and you can also take responsibility for what you allow in your life. The rest is other people's stuff. And as much as this sucks to say, and also just really hurts, all of that is outside of your control. But I hope this gives you some power in things you can do, and I'm wishing you the absolute best of luck. And now for what I'm working on. Every week I share something I'm personally working on in terms of my personal development or personal growth. And right now the main thing I am working on is I'm trying to actually reorganise my value system when it comes to my love life. The last relationship I was in was drastically different to all my past relationships in a really positive way. And it really stretched my mind in terms of what I'm actually looking for. And To be honest, if I'm blunt, it raised my standards. I don't know if it's because I'm growing up or the fact that I've been working on my communication skills heavily for the last five years, but the highest value that I'm now looking for is emotional intelligence. Prior to this relationship, it was actually ambition. And whilst that's still a high priority, it's probably actually number two. I'm now looking for a person who's self-aware and my main three criteria is someone who can apologise and that when we fight, we stick to that actual issue at hand and we don't bring up past resolved issues and someone who doesn't hurt others when they become angry. As you can tell, this is a really important topic to me. I just don't believe you ever say hurtful words out of anger. Um, And while some people would say that's not realistic, I know many people in my life who are able to communicate anger without hurting others. And that's something I really want in my love life in order to feel safe and to feel secure in that relationship. Thank you so much for all the questions. If you would like to be part of a future episode and get your question answered, then email me a voice note asking your question at inallhonesty at mindsetforlife.co.uk. The email address will be in the description below if you didn't catch that. I've been loving hearing all of your voices and all the submissions so far, and I listen to every single one myself. This whole podcast is done by myself, for the record. And in the meantime, follow me on Scar Not Scared on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can also get my book, Am I Ugly? Watch my TED Talk, Have You Hated Your Body Enough Today? I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. So tune in next week to hear more. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.